Hello, everyone. Welcome to space. <laughs> I think that most of you are quite familiar with the term bridge house and also the proposal, the idea of bridge house, the way bridge houses work. So I wasn't using this as a general presentation about bridge house. I was using it for more of a question and answer space. So before we, as we start, does anybody have any specific or general questions about anything about bridge house? Yes. Go. I one of one of my questions is about how how to start because I after experiencing three bridge houses I I had the 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 wish to to create sourcing from myself discovering how is to to source a, a bridge house space and yeah I was with that question like how how to how how to start with the topic or or the the ground to it is it from the physical space is it first creating the team and then in this woman's lab I discovered that is my next step about radical freedom and, and traveling and not actually building a bridge house but even then it's something that I have interested so I would like yeah I want to hear more how how to start when I I have that I want to to build that space and. Yes. How many of you have started a bridge house before? Just put your hands up. Okay. Well, I would invite you two guys to talk about that. Thanks. It starts with your the culture that you want to bring, or you want to unfold. The well, it starts with the context, and how that context actually. Um, expresses in the culture. And so you, you start with getting um, two people or one other person or two other people to have a kind of three cell and you ask you, these questions, okay, how is it going to go in our bridge house? How do we do things in the, how do we handle gremlin, how do we handle food, how do we handle trash, how do we handle uh, emo emotional reactivity, how do we handle Creation, money, money, sex, yes, power, all all of the things, and and it takes some time to. This is called the the, the phase of deepening the context, which actually never ends, and because even when you're already at the whatever place, space, physical space, with other people there, you're still deepening the context. But that's mainly the first part: is deepening the context. How how do I want it to go? How do I want it to be? You said with one or two other people? Yes. <coughs> so three, three people starting is ideal. Yeah. Three cell. Yes, three cell. Because if you don't start <coughs> with a three cell, then you're basically a king or a queen. Mm -hmm. And you, you have a kingdom or queendom. And we're not, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying it isn't really a bridge house. But, so. And it's, I haven't, I have found it very difficult to undo a king or queendom once it's set up. It's just really, yes. mm -hmm. there's some yes. grip mm -hmm. uh, or addiction or 
freedom of I don't know what or so, just something about it. Once it, once that started, the person who is the autocrat, it's called mm -hmm. autocratic, the one who makes the decisions essentially, doesn't want to get off it. Mm -hmm. And it could be, for example, that they bought the property and they own the property and they, they uh, feel responsible for making sure that it doesn't go strange, doesn't get weird, doesn't get taken over by other people's weird ideas, you know, that freak out their box, for example. And so that's why it's really important, like Vera said, to really get your couple of people together as a three-cell and establish the context. So I want okay. I want I wrote on a paper. If it's up to you, can mm -hmm. I say something first? Mm -hmm. I wanted. No, you go next. Right, it's just about this property that. If one of the, so I would encourage that in the three cell, mm, none of them are the property owner. Or if they're property owner, that it's very clear at the beginning that the property is given to the bridge house. It, they're no longer the property owner. Where, and and that can be a little tricky because if legally they really are, then they can say, I'm going to use the court, and they, the court is in their favor. Mm -hmm. What's so court? The justice system, we right. say the legal yeah. system. Okay. So if I want to kick you out, I say, this is my property, they're trespassing, because yeah. I don't want them to be here. But it's possible, you know, if you're really serious about that, and in terms of staying on a piece of land, it is possible to, give, to um, have the piece of land being owned by itself. So this is a legal construct that is being created in Portugal. Or you can give it to a, a trust or a foundation or an association and that relieves the ownership but not the guardianship. It means the people who are on the land are the guardians. Mm -hmm. Whoever is on the land is the guardian. We're also members of the world something organization. I don't know. Yeah. <coughs> I can, I'll get that information to you. But that could also be possibly the owner where the bridge house is the Navigator, you know the responsible steward, yeah. mm -hmm. and the steward, and the ownership belongs to this trust, this uh, global land trust. Because and, mm -hmm. and when the the land it's given or wrote in the name of an uh, institution, not institution, but um, I forgot the name, the, like organization. Yeah. It's the same thing, right? Because it is the person that have the organization have the, the land. No, it depends how the organization is built. But you can make it that mm, it's a then you then what you're doing is what Vera's talking about is you're entering a different context, mm -hmm. and then it's like then this context has to be built basically from the ground up. And some people have been thinking about this. How does so that's why this idea of the land owning the land is like undermines any kind of somebody <coughs> has the last word, and if they want to kick you out, they can. And then the, the context is really about guardianship. And, and in that um, context of radical responsibility or archiarchy, the person who has, it's like the context prevails. So the person who has the most, who's creating the most possibility, evolution, transformation, love, will prevail because of the clarity and the distinction and the ability to navigate gremlin. And that's, that, so then you have a culture where love prevails instead of a culture where ownership prevails. Mm -hmm. And how does that go, the land owning the land? Yeah. That would be a question for uh, Marco de Abra, who's, um, 
here in, in Portugal, and he's, mm -hmm. he's built a whole foundation around that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, his second name. Uh, D-E space A-B-R-E-U, Abreu, Abreu. And uh, if you get information <coughs> about it, would you please share it with the rest of us? Because it's new. I mean, I've heard of it, but I didn't research it yet. So it would be great to share that. Yeah, it's something I'm very interested in doing for my land. It's what? It's something I would like to do with my land, to oh, yeah. take it out, okay. of my own, out of my name. Okay, so you own some land on Tenerife? Yes. <coughs> it's five hectares, what did you say? 25,000 square meters. Quarter? 2.5. Yeah, 25 hectares, okay. Great, so yes, so let's share the research on that. <coughs> so for, I just want to give as an example, and Chloe and I were planning to do this bridge house in Mexico at first, which was a bridge house space holders bridge house, bridge house space holder training bridge house. And because this is what was turning us on. And then we talked to Vera about it, and Vera was already planning to do a bridge house like that, and mm -hmm. it worked really perfect until we discovered the necessity for radical freedom for people to have this, this solid piece of ground that they kind of stand on after having escaped from 18 years or however long of being subject to the gremlin activities of modern culture, modern corporations, modern school, modern religion, etc. All that military, all this is, is a gremlin environment that we've survived in. And here we're trying to make this leap into adulthood initiations without having a piece of solid ground to stand on. And we've been finding it's not working. We've been finding that people with the whole heart and their whole being want to do the initiations and cannot because they don't have the matrix for it, the patience for it. They haven't gotten enough revenge, for example, against the, those people who tortured them for their whole childhood. So this is a, a topic I wanted to bring into the space just so we have a common language about this radical freedom, the necessity of it. It's a, it's, it's a new thing. We've just put up a website called Radical Freedom. It's got some good stuff on it, but there's a lot more research to do. And I feel like you guys are part of the researchers. And so please feedback stuff. I can give you access to the website. You can upload your notes. It's, it's just great to share that around because it's people are flaming on about realizing they never took a stand for radical freedom. <coughs> While I was talking with Aunt Chloe, <coughs> Before you do that, I just want to say, Jeff, welcome, Lisa, welcome. This is a bridge house um, conversation for for about a couple hours. While I was talking with Aunt Chloe, I realized, we realized together that she did that already. You want, can you tell that story? Yes. In 2015, I quit my job as a lawyer in Paris, and I didn't know what I was doing, and I didn't know anything about the path or any healing context or anything like that. And I just bought a one-way plane ticket out of France. And that was, it was in October 2015, and that was the beginning of a two-year world tour journey for me. And the first... Can you tell us your mantra on that journey? Yeah, I just want to say the first, 
three months I was <coughs> leaving really modern culture and but it was I was like trying to hold on to any rope I could I could see so I was wanting to do social entrepreneurship or education I even did a Montessori course and I thought oh, this is it I'm going to do education and then the whole thing just collapsed and I was talking to Gabriella about this of I woke up one morning and I didn't know how to say hello because I didn't know which part of me could say hello and so who's going to say hello and so how am I saying hello and that was the beginning of that liquid state and what what came out of the ashes was this question what do I want what do I want when I'm not subject to my dad's idea of the perfect daughter when I'm not subject to university and exam, when I'm not subject to a boyfriend who's going to try to own me and control me and make me into something, when I'm not subject even to my mom who's trying to rescue me. When, like, none of that. So I needed to go to India and Nepal to have that kind of freedom, and that's why one something that I promote in terms of radical freedom is get out of your birth culture. Because it's so easy to know the expectation you're Portuguese, you go out into the restaurant, you, you unconsciously already know the expectation that people have on you about how to behave. And, and to, to pierce through that is hard outside, like inside of your birth culture. But you go to India and you don't know what they expect from you. And so you can't fulfill their expectation. And that's this place where it's like, if your survival thing is to be adaptive, it just doesn't work anymore. Can I tell a brief story about mm -hmm. that? There was this time when I was in India, back in the 1981, <clears throat> and on my part, part of my radical freedom experience, and I, I still physically remember this time of, of, you have to remember back then, this is back in the 80s, so it was a long time ago. And so, it's almost like the 1880s, okay? And it's like, seriously. There's no internet. There's no internet. <laughs> there are no computers. Try to imagine that. No cell phones. Try to imagine that. And so I would, they have this incredible industry of making clothing out of cotton, hand-woven cotton and stuff. And so I would go into these shops and I was turned on. And I've, I, I, I bought all this stuff. And I, and I just started wearing it. And I had this weird kind of bat wings thing with this kind of half-dress kind of thing and this turban thing around my head. And, and I was walking down the street wearing the weirdest shit that I was just exploring it and not one person gave me a second glance. Like that's how free it was. It was zero assessment, judgment, criticism, and you know, anything like that. And so that's what's needed. That's what is required to get back to yourself enough to start over actually be born, to finish being born, to get here on earth as yourself, and then if you decide to do authentic adulthood initiatory processes, you will have some basis for doing that. So just for me personally, I, I needed to do that. I was in college and my life was breaking down <coughs> inside of college. My girlfriend slept with my physics teacher in my own bed and I gave him permission to do it and I moved out and lived under a rock for a few days and it was raining and I finally came back to, I, my life was kind of, whatever I knew of life was just falling apart and I realized that 
I didn't have the kind of culture I wanted to live in. And so in 1975, as you've probably heard the stories of, like, I put up posters around if anybody wants to hear, to, to come together and consider to learn what you really wanted to learn, because it's not being offered here at college. If you realize you're not learning what you came here to learn, let's talk about it. And so I thought a few people <coughs> would show up, and 75 people showed up. And I never gave a talk before in my life. And so I'm just sweating away and bumbling something. And, and we started meeting every week. And pretty soon we realized we wanted to build a bridge house. And we didn't have that name back then, but that's what we did. And so out of the 15 people who were meeting every week, five of the people came together and we moved to the very southern tip of Baja, California. At the time, it was nothing but desert down there, between Cabo San Lucas and San Jose de Cabo. They called it hell because it was really hot in the summertime. It was just desert. And so we got a free piece of land from somebody's cousin said, you can stay on our land down there. And we got down there and we moved onto this land. And we set up our camp. We had to carry bottles of water along the beach to drink. And, and we brushed our teeth in the ocean water, et cetera. If you cook and you need salt at the same time, you use the ocean water, yeah. et cetera. Because it was heavy carrying these bottles. And one guy was carrying a bottle, and the sun went through the bottle and burned a hole right through his bathing suit. And he goes, what's that smell? And he goes, ow! <clears throat> and we met neighbors down there, and they would bring us eggs. We, we woke up when we came back, and there was a bag full of eggs in our camp, and, and horse, horse prints. It was horse tracks and eggs in our camp. And we go, what's this? So we ate the eggs, and then the guy comes about two days later, and he says, uh, so that'll be six dollars, please. You know, <laughs> so we paid him the six dollars, and then we became friends. And we would give them fish because we would catch fish, and they would give us cheese that they made from their cows, and it was this incredible bridge house. So this is this life-changing environment to build, and it turned out <coughs> that after <coughs> after we got back to America, we we totally explained exactly where we were to the lady who let us borrow her cousin's land, she goes, that wasn't the land. <laughs> you guys were not even at the right place. <laughs> it was not there. I mean, we had no problem at all. You know, nobody asked us any questions about it, because we were just committed to doing it. In terms of this conversation about radical freedom is, for example, two, a couple, uh, Marcin Zot and Beata Piscaldo from Poland, had a, have a one and a half year old son. He was, he was born in May last year. And they didn't know what to do about him being born in the patriarchy and not wanting him to be a patriarch. And so the offer was move to Tonga. The proposal. The proposal. And they did it, which almost no parents have really the courage to do that, like drop their life and move to Tonga. A little island, off of the side of a little island. Yeah, and, and they were like on the big island, and they kept moving like to further and further where there was no internet and no electricity and just like lived really on, on the land with the people. And the, you know, on the land with the people, it means when they move, you move. When they go fish, you go fish with them. When it's time for a nap, everybody naps. When, in, in for a person who's born in modern culture, it's crazy making because it's like, I want to do what I want. 
you know, I want my individuality and my independence, and I, you know, I worked hard for it. And there's a part of that independence that is just suffocating. It just makes us so alone and so and selfish and greedy and uh, like lost in a way. And so there's a liquid state of like joining these cultures that move as an organism, like that breathe together. And of course, they have that uh, its own like pitfalls of n nobody's really evolving and nobody can really speak out, and you have to stay in the tribe and you can't be an outsider. And but in terms of a healing process for us being born in such an individualistic culture, is to go through this this thing of 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 shedding this need of like. It's about me. It's all about me. Mm. And, and, and of course, you know, there's a part that we have to learn that it's about, like, you know, it's what we do, like rage. It's all about me, me, me. You know, my boundaries, my center, my voice, my, and that's needed. And at the same time, to enter a bridge house, it's another healing process that, that's needed of, after you can do the me, me, me with rage, do the we 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 in a noble culture, like something that's noble or some kind of sustainable, or some kind of close to Gaia, or so as a way to stretch the box. One of the things that we found. Wait, where is it, Tonga? It's an island in the South Pacific. Thank you. North of New Zealand. <laughs> By the way. In case you're sailing there. I was there. <clears throat> I was up living on a beach with a woman, and I thought this would be ideal to live with my partner on this beach. This is long ago, in a galaxy far away. And so it turned out that even though there was palm trees and goats and beautiful tropical waters to swim in, that it was a hell world. And I realized that paradise was more than palm trees. And that's really when I got dedicated to trying to figure out how to be together and how to be human together in other in, in ways that I, my parents couldn't show me. Mm -hmm. um, so in New Zealand they're having this bridge house and in New Zealand they build houses out of wood because there's earthquakes and the wood just slides and if you have cement the house just break and Crumbles. kill people. So, so wood you just hear everything. All right. So they have this house and there's like three bedrooms or something and there's uh, a couple and two other people. And they say, if two people are arguing, you hear it through the walls. So you can't hide. And that's the purpose of the bridge house is you can't hide. So don't go get a castle to make a bridge house where you can go hide in your bedroom. Have your own Wi-Fi plug, you know. And that's not the purpose of bridge house. But what I mean is when you can't hide, what's been what will be confronted is this box, is this survival box. And the invitation about Tonga or India or the tribes in North Thailand or there's many places where people still, thank God, you know, live with this um, community is that you start getting a model because we have no model. So there we have our survival strategy crumbling. We try to do emotional healing processes, you know, and yet that works. And at the same time, it needs, like, how, how, how else do we do it? Yeah. But I'm on this Tongan island, and it's, and, it, and, it's, and it's dawn, it's like barely light, and these boats pull up right into our front yard, right on the sand. 
and they start pulling out this mile-long woven rope with palm fronds hanging from it, and they put it over our reef. And so I jump out of bed, and well, the sleeping bag, and because we're just in a tent, and so I, I just start. They start pulling after the, they start pulling the rope in. And it's really hard. It's a mile long worth of rope. So they have 10, 15 people on this side, 10, 15 people on this side to pull the rope in because this fronds will corral the fish together. And so I just start pulling. So two and a half, three hours of pulling this rope in. And then you have a circle about this big, kind of full of fish, and they have this root called kava. It's not the kind you drink, it's a different kind. And they throw this pounded root in there, and they all go, the fishes flow right up to the surface. And they throw them in their boats. And so, and that's how they catch fish for their village. And so they're starting to drive off, and somebody <laughs> turns around and throws me a breadfruit, boiled breadfruit and a raw fish. And I'm standing and looking at this boiled breadfruit and this raw fish, and I'm going, and they go, watch. And they go, eat it, and they're eating sushi. <laughs> Fresh, dip it in the salt water. <laughs> and I am so hungry, you know. It was amazingly delicious. And this is what an example of what Aunt Chloe is talking about. It's like the village does this, this is what you do. The village eats this, this is what you eat. And that was really amazing learning. I wanted to add one other thing. Okay, but before Vera wants to say something. Okay. No, well, I was, because you said you were talking about radical freedom and how you got to that zero. And this, mm -hmm. um, what, I did a different version of that, which was in, in Finhorn, where this also, it's, there was no individuality. Everybody's like six people in a room for months, for months. And it's about service and you don't even get to choose if you clean houses, if you work in the garden, if you cook. Uh, it's it's by attunement, and so there's like a kind of meditation, or they put some papers down, and you, you go to this paper, and it the space or the field chooses for you. And so there's this whole. It's a, it's about also the individuality that is built in patriarchy to to dissolve, to to crumble, and also this space where your being can be welcomed. So it's also not just kind of like, mm, it's not a self-punishment space. It's not a torture space, the, the path of radical freedom. It's also a path of when this individuality crumbles, but there's, there's space where so you want to create something? Yes, create something. You want to start this <coughs> thing? Yes, go start this thing. And it's like, like Clinton was saying in the with the clothing, there's no judgment, there's no, what are you doing, there's no um, questioning, there's, there's, there needs to be a lot of room for experimentation, and in teams, not experimentation, I'm going to go do something over there, nobody knows what I'm doing, and there's sharing, um, reporting back, having people on, on the team, in Finhorn they don't have emotional healing process, but there would be a lot of sharings. And, and so that you are not alone. So there's these, these three elements, at least basic elements of coming to radical freedom. The, the getting out of the patriarchal individuality, this whatever the we does, you go do. There's the experimenting with things and the radically experimenting with things, getting like getting out of your birth culture and go experimenting with completely new things and, and see how <coughs> you match. And then this third 
uh, part was to have a village that is a yes for your being and encourages you to keep experimenting. What I wanted to add was when you have your three cell together and you're establishing <clears throat> the purpose and context of your rich house game world, your codex, when you're doing that, if you think that you're going to establish the purpose of your bridge house as community, then the first time you come together and have a meeting, you will have accomplished your purpose and the game world is finished. And so don't be surprised if you think you're trying to come together for community, you have one meeting and then it's over. And that's the end of the project because you have accomplished your purpose. So we're really proposing you have other purposes besides community. As, because community is a side effect of creative collaboration happening. So you have to figure out what you're going to creatively collaborate about for, so you know, that love's happening and stuff is, you're serving the bright principles and serving circles of people and that archetypal forces are flowing through your game world and community will happen as a side effect. But it, so that's a strong hint about that. In that context, it, it evolves. For, so for example, the Clinton and Chloe and I were going to do this Bridge House Training Center, and at some point it became clear that it was needed to do radical freedom first. That's actually, it would be before the Bridge House Training Center Bridge House, it would need a kind of chapter zero, a, thing, a journey to get to zero to start the Bridge House Training Center. And so it became clear that Clinton and Chloe, it's not their it's not their journey, it's not their it's not that what they really want to do is to hold space for the radical freedom part. And and so they made a proposal that I an invitation that I would do it and it, it really matches also where I am on my path and uh, my evolutionary path because I'm in this space of creating without being a response. So what do I want to create without being a reactive? Someone asks me a question and my body principles start speaking. What, what do I create when there's no necessity? And so that's a part of radical freedom still for me to complete. And, and so they made the, the proposal that I would hold the space for Bridge House Training Center Chapter Zero, which is this radical freedom bridge house. And I said yes. And so the bridge house that Training Center context evolved to actually creating the Bridge House Radical Freedom, and then whenever, when we get to the point that it's you know ripe enough to have a Bridge House Training Center Bridge House, then we'll see. So what I'm hearing is that the context of the Bridge House evolved not from the plan that you had as originators, but from the reality of of the necessity and the yeah the reality of what is happening. Yes. This is the world, the place that evolves. Yes. Yeah, and also what we want. Mm -hmm. So it's not about just meeting what's needed. Mm -hmm. Because then yeah. you just, you know, abandon whatever you're betraying yourself. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. if you, I understood you and Clinton, you, it's not your job now. Yeah. And, and girls have a, a yes for it. Yes. So it's how shaped mm -hmm. cool. mm. One of the illusions that <coughs> is, uh, that runs parallel to this whole bridge house <coughs> scenario is well let's let's get a place let's go let's buy a place let's rent a place let's go get a place and so people make 
the error of, of putting the cart before the horse, say, which is, it turns out that getting a place is the easiest thing. And, and so you end up going, God, look, we've got a place, I've got a place, I've got a place. You know. And then, then you've got to pay rent on a place. You've got no people, you've got no circle, you've got no game world. It's, a, it's doing it backwards. And so it's really valuable to consider that getting your people together could turn out to be a nomadic bridge house for a while. And Jeff, you did a lot of, I've heard legends of, can you say anything about being in a nomadic bridge house? You and Dor and all those people. Yeah. And well, the, the nomadic bridge house actually started after the Poland labs. And it was mm -hmm. Jacqueline, Andrea, Mel, and I. And then Mel split off quite soon after we started because she wanted to go somewhere else. But what I, what I learned was how beautiful, how important, how essential it was that after doing so much training that I stay with a group and that we stay together and we, and we hold context together. So we could really get what happened in the trainings like really cemented into my being. And I, yeah, to, to do something like three, four trainings, like what, what happened in Poland in a row and not stick with it, with a group for a, couple, for a few months, it's like, it's almost like a, wa a waste. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a, a totally wasted opportunity. And I've seen this in other, I've seen this also in other contexts. Like I went and did a whole month of a, a specific yoga training and, I, and even a month is not enough. It's like we really spend time living in the context rather than, you know, because the training environment is a very specific environment. But the living environment, to live together with these people is a, is a different thing. So and, to, yeah. That's a short thing. That's a question. So. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, because it will change the subject. Okay. To contextualize the idea of a nomadic bridge house, we've gone so far as to have a nomadic nanonation, which is a bridge house called Pasa, a nanonation called Pasabilica, which is it's just like sort of shredded right now, but it still exists. And the, the validity of it, the legitimacy of it, comes from actually the Global Ecovillage Network, which is G-E-N. If you look up ecovillage.org, you get to their website. And they have categories, different categories of ecovillages. And in fact, they have a nomadic ecovillage category. And you'll find Possibilica listed as a nomadic ecovillage. In their, in their listing system. So it's, it's recognized and a, approved of. I mean, it's a, it, so it isn't just so weird, you know, such a weird idea. It's been going on for, I don't know, a decade or something. And there's even a, a proposal that the Possibilica is actually becomes a network of bridge houses, a network of, and so it actually Possibilica mm -hmm. is a training space or, a, yeah, where the other, Bridge houses can come together, which actually reflects what actually is happening. So it does or does not exist anymore because it's shredded and then. It's the it is. It exists. Because yeah. all four of us, there's four people here. Okay. From Possibilica. Yeah. Okay. Four people from oh. Possibilica are here and some other people are out of six other, pe other places. Yeah. 
What does that mean that you're from Pasa de Lica? Isn't that great? It means that we have cavitated a different culture on planet Earth that never existed before, and it has a unique context. And we can tell you all about that, but you're pretty familiar with it. And it has the name Possibilica. It has a website, possibilica.org. Okay. We can check the Bill of Wrongs and all of this there. You can see our national anthem and our flag. Mm -hmm. It's important to have those things. Okay. <laughs> really, the English come to India. They say, we're taking over India. It's open land. It's, and the Indians come up and go from India and go, you idiot. You know, we've been here for 6,000 years. And the, the conqueror comes up and says, where's your flag? <laughs> No flag. <laughs> we take you over. <coughs> flag. This is ours. So you need a flag. What were you going to say? My question, which would change the subject, is the thing that, in my experience, takes down Bridge House is the gremlin feeding, low drama, survival strategy, emotional reaction that at some point gets to the point of. I'm, I need to get out of the bridge house. This is too much. And in terms of the bridge house not being a training center and, or yeah, like a lab, or what would be hints to navigate that like in reality, in terms of people not necessarily having skills to battle gremlins and um, take people to the mat. And, having their own reaction when people are reactive and stuff like that. Could you say what you just said shorter? Shorter. How, how do you manage, in reality, like what are manageable steps, like real steps, to stay together as a bridge house in the face of any kind of survival strategy? I just want to tell a short story, which is we had six people move into Brazil into their first writing house. Within two weeks, two of them left because there were, it was a writing house. It had, it had a clear purpose and a clear, and, and two of the people needed to get radical freedom. And so we couldn't have the discipline of a writing house and radical freedom of surfing and hanging out at the beach and whatever at the, in the same space. So they needed to, to leave. And it wasn't even their, their beings, would, as soon as they would start coming back to the house, would just start. Um, Closing, mm -hmm. and so it was. It was really not great for them. It's not well, for us. Well, for us, mm -hmm. yeah. We actually we kicked them out. We put this that was happening on the table and invited them to leave, and they were yes for leaving. Male form, female. Well, one of the things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because that's what happened. We had a conversation. This is what happened. What's your proposal? don't have a proposal, well, what are you doing here? And then, okay, I, I, what do you really want to do? I want to go surf. Go surf. Go surf. And this is a part of the cracks that opened up the whole radical feeling, mm. clarity of it's how necessary it is. So how would you say that like, there's a necessity of making this choice like every day or like all the time over again like to commit? Or, to ask oneself the question, what am I doing? Like, what, am, 
how can I serve this? It and works. What do I, and yeah, how, where is this? Here's how it works. Where is this line where to, to notice for oneself? Okay, it's time for me to, or for my being to, to leave. To leave what? The bridge house. But like, like the story not, just told about Yeah, the it's something house. else. It's because we did not have the clarity about ah. radical freedom first. We did not have that back then. So that that had to happen that way. But now that we have the clarity about it, it'll be really obvious what's going on. The thing is... And then we won't have clarity about the next thing. Right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So the, what the thing is, like, there is this point, there is this flip-over point where you start standing in adulthood. And I, maybe, maybe this has happened to you already and you already know what this is, but when that happens, the stuff that you're creating takes over the center of your life. And it isn't about, what do I want to do? Am I okay? Should I be a good person? Maybe should I do what they want? Should I, what should I? It has nothing to do with any of that. It flips over into this whole other mode of, I'm creating. And you create. And you're in the service of stuff that's greater than yourself. <clears throat> and your life is amazing. But so this is everything that possibility management is really trying to support in people is to enter the free natural adulthood where, where the creating takes over. And, and so everything that's not that is on the way to that. Do you get that? Yes. Everything that's not yet that is going there. We're doing everything we can to help each other sort of get through whatever it is that's in the way of that. Which could be the purpose of Bridge House. Because mm -hmm. how else are you going to do it? If you do one lab, like Jeff was saying, one lab, you go back home, one lab, you go back home, it's, you're losing 90% of it. Um. Yeah, as I experienced after the labs in Poland, a project with Gabriel, Leonard, Daphne, and Efne, that was one more of Bridge House that had the purpose to empower Gabriel in, in his research about arc permaculture and to, to be together, to, to integrate and to let sync all the transformation that happened. And it was like this temporary space and, and the purpose was, was this. So, so I think what you're saying is a lot about purpose. What is the purpose of, of the Bridge House and Bridge House can have different purpose in this answer part of my question how to start a bridge house that is to to distilling what is the purpose now for for it and yeah like maybe your job it's it's holding space for a bridge house to to that to to go through that survival thing or, or to like phase one of feeling or a bridge house for rage club or yeah it's a lot about purpose. And the purpose is, is not something, it's, it's part of what your research is. Yeah, where I am. It's not like, should it be that thing that other people are doing? It's, it's your own research is part of the purpose. And the, the, the length of time also, of the bridge house, also depends on this purpose. Uh, I, I've actually just discovered this right now because I was, as I was driving um, the two women to the station, they were, at, they were asking me some questions that I, I shared about with us living together in Costa Rica for, for two months back in 2021. And there was a group of six of us and we were doing Rage Club and a lot of Rage work together. And two months was way too long. 
to be doing that much, like that much intense work. I think one month, a month, a little bit, just a little more than a month is enough to like live together doing, because yeah, it, it, you, it stirs up so much like dirt from under the, from the surface under the water that. Jeff, I don't know if you notice, but you're entering Sonia's space. You have to move. And you're not saying anything, Sonia. Yes, I was, I was thinking about that. I was noticing that. Thank you. Please watch your arms while you're speaking. And your lights. Okay. So, do you want to wrap it? Yeah, I, I want to wrap it to say that, that to consider that what length of time you're, the bridge house is for based on its purpose. Do, I, hold on, Gabriela, do you, do you get that then your group with Sonia and Maria would, could be a nomadic bridge house? Yes. And declare it so. Cool. Yes. Thank you. <clears throat> and I mean, the proposal is, in a way, if you, if Echo puts you together with another person, and this is the first thing you negotiate is how long are you going to stay together? It's not really. And if you do that, it's really contrived or something. So the question is, if, if it's Echo basically puts you together in a, a three-cell or a, a bridge house, and you already have a date where you're going to kill the thing, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm proposing not to do that. Yeah. So I'm contradicting your proposal. It doesn't matter. It's not one that's right or wrong. I'm just saying there's really good reasons not to plan an end date. Because people have put themselves on nice behavior or good behavior or I'm going to survive and hold it in until that date and then I'll just go <coughs> do whatever I want. And um, it interferes with the actual natural organic uh, process that could go on. Mm -hmm. And so there's a group of people who were came together back in the 70s, I think, and they ended up being the participants in Biosphere 2, which was an experiment in Tucson, near Tucson, Arizona, in America, of these eight people locking themselves into a greenhouse for two years. And they had a deadline, so they made it through. They didn't kill each other. Nobody died. And they made a film about it. But the thing is, those people are still living together on a ranch, not, not far away from there in New Mexico. And it turned out that uh, it was a success. The thing was successful. And I just want to say you can't, it isn't, the mind can interfere with forces that are really beneficial for you and your project and humanity in terms of upgrading thoughtware or having, you know, the influence that, that you can have just by people hearing the legends that you guys are in a bridge house or something really can make a big difference. What I rather see when I hear you speaking is so that you might have missed a point where the, the purpose of the bridge house might have shifted or where you upgraded what you want to research on and so you got stuck with the um, original idea and then, yeah, how you described. That's happened. So, so one of the things that we've noticed in the start over game, which is 
the 650 websites that we've got going online now, <coughs> is every, every now and then on the screen you get a chance to see how many people are looking at which website. The Bridge House website has received so many viewers, more than most of the other. <coughs> you know, Possibilitator training receives a lot, but Bridge House receives, has ongoingly received this huge amount of attention. So there's this resonance with huge amounts of people who are <coughs> longing for that kind of space for themselves. It's outside of, shielded from, an original, different, sourced from modern culture, from their birth culture. And so I really encourage you to radically rely on the truth of it, or the value of it, or the necessity of it, or the resonance of it with so many people right now, that if you're feeling called to that, just go for it, because there's, there's support out there from places we don't even know and have you had people not in PM do bridge houses before? Be a part of bridge houses? Through PM? You know, through Expand the Box training, through Rage Club, through that kind of stuff. Okay, so they've at least been through an Expand the Box? Yes. Otherwise, you're going to try to integrate somebody who doesn't have the distinction between feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. You're going to try to integrate somebody who doesn't have the distinction gremlin, etc. And there's no possibility, well, there is a possibility you wouldn't recommend someone learning through the Bridge House experience? I experienced that in the last Bridge House, and it's a lot of energy. So if this is your purpose, like, yes, but it's, um, there was one person that didn't have Expand the Box, she had done Rage Club, Fear Club, and three coaching sessions. And we accepted that as an experiment, but it was a lot of energy to bring distinctions, learning context, giving feedback, holding space, so most of the time one of us were holding in space for emotional healing process to her. And she decided to go as apprentice um, of, of space holding for emotional healing process. Yes, so it's up to you what, what do you want to, to create. Well, one possibility is to, to make a, expand the box and a lab part of the bridge house design. Mm -hmm. As, so a start, as a start, as a start, yeah. Yeah. Also, get yeah, to to have a, if you want to create a bridge house, a great time to do it is after an expand the box or set of labs is already happening, so you can invite that that group of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, turn turn towards Louis and try to enter Louis's space instead of Sonia. Go ahead, try it. Yeah, so just after a, after a training series is happening to, to open a bridge house and invite the people, I mean, invite the whole, the whole uh, network, but also the specifically people who are going through the training, let them know that, that this is available. In, there's details, were you gonna say something? No, you no. sneeze. Uh, there are details <coughs> that haven't, there's tons of details that haven't been brought in, but I wanted to bring in the detail about money. <coughs> because people on the road, people are students, people who have not held a job for a while and packed away money, or who are not, what's it called, got a bunch of money from their, inherited from their parents. Yeah, like a trust, trust fund. Trust fund money, yeah. 
I hope none of you are that because, because when I say that it's kind of a hopeless situation and really to be to get out of that is, is really difficult. It's this, it's this saying of a, a rich person, the chances of, of, a, of a rich person getting into a bridge house are equivalent to a camel going through the eye of a needle. It's like that kind of that saying. So it's a really tough work to strip somebody of their fan fantasy world of power and freedom from having money and to bring them into reality, like to get the compass of reality um, calibrated is really tough work. But, but the money thing is still a consideration and so that's why places like Brazil and Vietnam and places like that where the cost of living is a third, a quarter, a fifth of what it would be in Costa Rica or uh, America or Europe, most of Europe. So it really makes a difference to cut your overhead cost you know, by 75% in one of those other cultures. And some of the, I mean, the difficulties are getting a visa that's long enough that you feel stabilized in the country in your bridge house. So, for example, Bali and Vietnam have a one-month visa. What is the visa? In, it's three months in Brazil, right? Brazil, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And however, it's, it's those countries that it's easier to get uh, long-term visa. Mexico is easy to get long-term visa. In Brazil also, six months visa, it's, you just go to the police. Where? You just go to the police and in you where? said that you... In Brazil. In Brazil. Okay. And then you, you get uh, extra three months. Okay. In Mexico, it's six months. Yeah, like can. Immediately six, six months. And yeah. a year, if you can prove that you have 10,000 euros on your account for a year. Again, that's for a whole year. And in terms of trying to make it fair, there's a, some thoughtware from modern culture where it, things need to be fair. And fair usually means different people pay equal amount of money. And it's a, quite an emotional ride to overcome that thoughtware where it, you, you might be paying more you, you know, if you want something to happen, I mean, and Chloe and I do this a lot. We look at something, we want to make it happen, we just make it happen. And it doesn't matter if it's fair. And so, are you okay if I say this? Uh, Sonia? Yes. Okay, like so we wanted to have this bridge house in Bali and Sonia w was in our team and she didn't have the money for the airplane ticket to go to Bali, so we just bought it. And so I don't know what she's doing, how she's going to get out of Bali. But <laughs> <laughs> at least she'll be in Bali. <laughs> Always get on a boat or something. <laughs> Let's say to New Zealand. Is this say what? Sailing to New Zealand. Yes, no problem. It's a bit against the caravan. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, the best time to get on a sailboat for free is after their first journey f away from someplace. So my first sailboat uh, was a, the bridge house that we had on, for a couple months on a sailboat was starting not in California where you would think that would be the ideal place, is when it was in Hawaii because the sailboat sails from 
California to Hawaii, and by the time the boat gets to Hawaii, everybody hates each other on the boat. And the crew all leaves, and the captain of the boat needs a crew. And then, then you can get on as a crew, and then from there we sail to Fiji. So we had and they hate each other. And they hated each other. <laughs> I didn't understand. I think they all hated each other because they ran out of marijuana and alcohol on the boat. And I wasn't using this stuff, so I didn't have the problem, but they did. In any case, that you can have bridge houses on sailboats. So the money thing about trying to make it be fair is an, an, it's also for the other person, the person who's receiving, you know, who's, who doesn't have as much money as the other people and somebody's paying for something for them, how do they receive that? How can they be okay with, do you have any, how, how are you doing that, Sonia? Like, how are you managing it? How do you figure it out in your mind? What? That Aunt Chloe paid for your airplane ticket, how do you figure that out? Um, I see your commitment to me. And there's a freak out moment of um, being rescued, and then there's this other part that I decided to leave the life, I would, the apartment, and I was receiving this money from the French government. And after that, things started showing up. I held space, I, I organized the work talk, and then all of these things started popping up. An invitation for the start of a game. And I see that as a part of that also, of the forces that my archetypal lineage. And I'm accepting it and going through the HPs to mm -hmm. deal with that. Yeah. Mm, for example, so Sophia, there's a, also Eva who's here, and a few other people are participating in building a start over game. And we exchange some value against that. Well, some of it is financial, but most of it is not financial, because it's 10 euros an hour, which is, and in terms of what people are the amount of value Sonia, Eva, Marcus, other people are putting on the website is so much bigger than 10 euros an hour. And, and so, but there's this other value that's being exchanged. Non-material non -material value. Which is so amazing about what comes through when you start putting text on a website and mm -hmm. you start over. You're, you become, so you start sourcing the context of that particular website. And it changes your whole world because you're sourcing it. So it's to consider, I mean, one possibility in terms of that liquid state is to consider money just as another resource. And so if somebody can, can provide... How to do that? Well, it's, it's to consider that somebody provides <coughs> village weaving, and, and then some pro, somebody provides guardianship, and somebody provides emotional healing processes, and, so, and somebody provides money. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and people are doing some guardianship, a little village weaving, a lot of the healing process, some money, and it's it's all we're not equal in that department. Yeah, it's not fair and not equal in any of those departments of values. And also true for money, financial. And it's resources. also not like only money and nothing of the other things because then it's it becomes like oh I'm paying for services. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Actually mm -hmm. there is other there, it, there's a balance. It's not 
but it's not like one, I, I just do this thing and the, the rest is zero. I overcame it in that moment where I realized that the life is not about balancing it out, like one-to-one, -one, giving something, receiving something back, but that the life is a waterfall, it really a, a cascade. So you receive something from somewhere and you just let it flow through you to somewhere, somewhere else. And you pass it on. You pass it on. And then um, I was healed with that, okay, I cannot um, take that, or now I'm in the, in the guilt of someone, or have to pay back. Along those lines, <coughs> we just put up a new website called $100 million. And the 100 is in numerals, one zero zero million dollars, and it's a re an invitation for you, each of you, to take radical responsibility for creating a game plan for what you would do if you got 100 million dollars. What would you do with the 100 million dollars? Clearly, exactly, the complete amount. I'm just working with Luis on this, and he got up to 45 million dollars. 55 million. 55 million, and that was his limit. He couldn't, he was, I said, why? He said, I need money for contingency. Right? For he says 40, so I saved 45% of the 100 million dollars because I would need 45 million to do something, case something happens. What is contingency? Contingency. Contingency. So that's this uncertainty, there's this fear. So it's a, it's a great process. So if you do this, please be very clear and specific and send it to me and I'll put it up on the website for people. You mean with, with numbers? Yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah. And, and names and addresses and websites of the people or projects, you know, what, what you would actually do with the money. You know, I got up to 97, I think, 97 million. And I, have, I still have three in my pocket, three million in my pocket for <laughs> For a contingency fund. For bridge houses and. and it's already in there. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> yeah. So please take a look at the website and give us your. Um, because look, if you don't have a plan of what to do with it, why is anybody going to give it to you? If you don't have an inspiring commitment, like you give me 100 million, this is what's going to change in the world, this is what's going to happen. If you give me a hundred million, that's where it's going to go. If you don't have that, why should why should you get it? Why should the universe give you a hundred million? Because you don't have a plan. So it's called your game plan for a hundred million. Uh, in the in the trainings in Poland, Vera asked me to bring some money to Portugal, and it was an amount of money like make close to one thousand, I think. Mm -hmm. To bring someone to bring it to Portugal. Oh, yeah. my, and my, my uh, personal money. I never carried that money mm -hmm. with myself. And I remember this experiment of becoming money and carrying this big amount of money with... 500 with, euros. Mm -hmm. Carrying 500 euros in your wallet. Yeah, so I carried all the money of Vera <laughs> with me and I was freaking out because it's not my money. It's, I, I cannot just carry it around. And the experiment was to, well, it's with me now. So I have this value. And all of a sudden, I, I had this sensation of having so much value. And I was like walking around. <laughs> and I have so much money, but I am that amount of money. And it was my money at that moment. <laughs> you just don't want to advertise it like that for 
thieves. Oh, well, look at her. She's got a bunch of money. Let's go. Yeah, so, uh, for example, even the couple in Tonga and Chloe and I, they were running out of money and they didn't they were thinking of coming back to Europe and we just sent them 500 euros how how much do you need for another couple of months 500 euros okay and we sent them 500 euros and they stayed for a couple of months was that fair no but it's this waterfall thing that you're talking about it just goes right through and it's put to good use There's, I'm sure there's a lot of lot more and other things. Does anybody have any other burning <laughs> questions about bridge house stuff? It could be. <coughs> could the bridge house be a place where people would land, would would come for short amounts of time, something like you stay for two weeks. For instance, I, I considered when I stopped traveling, I wanted to do a bridge house of radical relating, of couples, couples bridge house. And for that, couples would, would join in and stay in for not so much time. And then coming back to their houses, experimenting what they had, and maybe coming back further on. Well, there's possibility couch surfing which is another website and a program that was really ramping up until COVID hit and then sort of vanished, but it's, it's ramping up again. People are, so it's more like that. People come by for a few days or a couple of weeks, but you're adding on an additional purpose, right? You're adding on coaching or transformation healing processes. Yes, yeah. it's, it's the processes from morning to, to night. It's transformation, so. <laughs> Any, any questions about that? What do you say is it possible? Well, let us know in a couple of years, okay? Let us know how it went. And, Thank you. And there's a possibility of Christina Dershner. She did, she did this experiment for, I think, a year. She would travel to different people's houses, stay there for a week, and then five days she would do, she would do coachings, she would do emotional healing processes, and, and she would cook with the people. So it was like a, an intensive training for the house owner or the family or the, the people who were there. And so that could be also an idea for a nomadic bridge house that if you want to do related, you, you go, you and, and Michaela go to the houses of people that want to have that because they can have coaching in their own home mm -hmm. also. And when the friends come over and you know, have have people over and then you can coach them. Like, see the Have their mother over. Have their mother over, have their kids over, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, that's yeah. another possibility. I, I was just with Christina, she was sharing about it, and one, one thing that came up, one fear that came up when you were sharing is that you would do processes day and night. It's like, this would, you would be holding the space, and these people would come, then when, when do you rest? You know, it's like you're holding the space day and night, training, when's the rest time? And Christina said that, after doing one one week or two max, she would need a week break, and she would only be doing two processes a day. And then she would have the the people that she stayed with um, book sessions with people from her community. Mm -hmm. the book sessions with her from the community, and they would pay. Those people would pay, and she would just exchange housing and food. And she asked us for a pocket money, like uh, 100, 200 euros. 
to go to the week um, off so she could travel and rest and balance out. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. When I was at Dr. Michael Cotton, he does have plenty of days of holding, you know, like he travels to man and holds them like and exchanges them, mm -hmm. so maybe also something to ask. Thank you. Well, all right. I, I hear nobody's asking questions about what happens if you fall in love with somebody else in the bridge house. Mm. Wow. Somebody else's partner in mm. the bridge house. What you so, are. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not a, not a question. Everybody wants to fall in love. <laughs> Now you ask students in the space people are interested. What do you do? Is the bridge house in Brazil still active? No, 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 it's closed. The one with Sophie Magdalena? Yes. Mm -hmm. No. I don't okay. think so. People, I mean, Sophie Magdalena's house mm -hmm. is open for people to come in and out, but that's mm -hmm. not as a bridge house. Okay. I have a story. It was like um, an always bridge house. Like stationary and all of that. <coughs> that was my story. Two Sophia Magdalena. A lot of liquid state has happened mm -hmm. in terms of <coughs> a lot of physical illness, illness, which doesn't allow she can't hold space. So she needs people to hold space for her. So that's all that's happening. Can we get back to the question? Yes. <coughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm, I am curious. I guess for me, it would depend what you've um, stated in the when developing the context of how it's going to go with sex and relating. So it would it would depend on that. I think there would be more of a problem if you fell in love with someone else's partner than if you just fell in love. I can imagine that it could be a wonderful experience to fall in love during a witch house. Ask everyone, yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yes. <laughs> and I, um, I experienced, I, I met the, my partner, Leonard, mm. that I'm relating right now in Czech Republic, possibility coaching witch house. And he, he came to a, a duration week and it was a context that we, we could we started to relating from a different place that I didn't have a model how, how to start to relate with a man. It was like hanging out in a party and it's like all these, these things that we explored in the woman's life and, and it was a platform to start in a place of no. It's like how it goes. And so we started to relating from experimentation space. And I'm available to share more if you if you look unfolded. I don't want to share all the story here, but I'm I'm open for talking in the What I would say about it is that <coughs> part of modern culture is the concept of monogamy. And so and the concept of monogamy is is you're with somebody and that person, I think I mentioned it a little bit in the women's life, that person has to fulfill all your needs, and you have to fulfill all their needs, and it's forever. And therefore, nobody else is allowed 
to feed them. And that makes it for a very limited amount of intimacy. Like it, it really kills intimacy in a, a Burjak environment, which would be a, you know, evolution is intimate. Transformation is so intimate. It's the most intimate thing that we can do together. And so, mm, so this is that part of the monogamy and the, you know, also being if you're single and then a couple and then the immediate assumption is they're in a monogamous relationship and so therefore I can't have, I have only can have a certain amount of, of intimacy with whatever, the opposite gender, basically, if you're a woman or the men. I can only have that amount of intimacy because if it's more, then I'm, I'm trespassing the relating space. And on the other side of that coin is uh, the survival strategy of being a white widow and having wanting to have that sexual intimacy with just everybody, which is complete survival. And how, and the, you know, the solution that is often used is control. Like, or and that can be in the codex also. Do not you're not allowed to exchange any kind of sexual energy with anybody. And then everybody's like. This, you know, I can't, I can't breathe in their direction because somebody might think I'm exchanging sexual energy, and and that doesn't, you know, it just tightens, it tightens the whole space. Mm. At the same time, if you have things like, you know, like Jeff being willing to enter a woman's space and having no idea about it, you know, how do you deal with that and not try to put him in a cage, you know, lock him in his room or something like that to try to have um, a safe place because the white widow just makes it very unsafe to have a, a being space and a unfolding space. So this n I'm, I'm, I wanted to put it on the table because there's no easy way, I think. There's no method for that. Mm. I think it would include, it would definitely include a white widow healing journey, you know, that that would really need to be included in the bridge house. If that's, you know, if it's, I mean, even for radical freedom, because radical freedom is not about, like, yay, I have, you know, free space for my gremlin to go do whatever I want. Radical freedom is practice. <coughs> radical freedom is, um, you know, is, it takes attention, noticing, and distinguishing. And it's like, which part of, which, which I is speaking? And then it's like, okay, I, my child wants this, it's like, okay, well, may, I, I'll give it space for a day, for two days, for a week, you know, if that's what's needed. Okay, my, you know, and it's like, okay, my gremlin wants to do this. My gremlin wants to just go, like, drink alcohol at a bar every night. Okay, well, th is that, will that, will you let that happen in the bridge house? Okay, for me, somebody's drunk, they can they will not enter the bridge house. You know, and drunk is one glass of any kind of alcohol. And so, mm, so it's this question, like, how do you create, how do you make more love among everybody? How do you make more love and less survival? And the love really needs a safe place. In my case, I was living with, there were three couples in a place called Lensfold, which is a bridge house. 
community, and uh, they were trainer couples. And it looked like I would spend the rest of my life there and retire there and write my books there and all that stuff. <clears throat> and then we had a trainer training, and we did this calling the beam through process because we discovered it and it seemed to be really effective and valuable. And so everybody was, <coughs> had, half the people had done it already and half the people had not done it. And so there was this one couple where neither one had done it, and it was uh, Thomas Schmidt and Anna Schmidt. And they, so Thomas did it the first, the first day, first night, and then the next morning Anna Schmidt would do it on the side while we were all doing something else. And so she was doing it on the side, and a team was working with her, and it didn't work. And so I came over to the coach, and I go, okay, let's change this around, move somebody else in, do this, another 45 minutes, and it did not work. So I said, okay, I'm gonna do this. So I go over there, and so it's me and Michael Hollinger, and this other guy, huh? And uh, we do it, it's another 45 minutes, and it works. But the 45 minutes it took changed me, called more of my being through. So at, by the end of that process, I was not the same Clinton as the guy who started the process. And I didn't know it at the time. I just knew that it worked. I did whatever it took to make it work. So, but it, what it took was called more of my being there to call more of her being through. And there she was. And it worked. But then there was this incredible resonance with her being and my being. And I was no longer the same person as was married to Marion Lutz at the time. So this was confusing. And I've been confused before. So I thought it would pass in a few days or a few weeks. And it just didn't. And so I spent six months trying to stay in the bridge house with everybody else, trying to make negotiations for how to work it out to be able to even talk to this woman with everybody else around being reactive to us even sitting next to each other or talking to each other it was like foreboding, forbidden. So after six months, I just had to leave. So I left. And then after a while, she left also. And we did not end up together. And it was probably the best thing that ever happened in my life. So I would not have, I would not, have not done that for just about anything. That was really something. And I'm so glad it happened and it cost me everything. And, um, but I don't, I don't do the calling and being through process anymore with people. <laughs> You need a little more of your being. <laughs> I'm good right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, so one, something that I was thinking of as you were speaking from Jim is, in terms of what we were talking about in the women's lab, of women are space holders. And women are natural relators. And so if you declare your bridge house, as a space is, this is held by women. The space is held by women. And this is archaearchy unfolded from women holding space. And I think that would be a chance that the relating would come from this archetypal wishful relating instead of monogamy and seducing and 
um, attention and white widow and just the survival, it would undermine, completely undermine the survival relating. That could be a way to start having that conversation for more love. And then it would be, you know, this very clearly rules of engagement of it goes like this. So if you're well, you know, if you're making white widow moves, like, what's your next emotional healing process? Like, where's your next gremlin <coughs> transformation? Where's your free cell? You know, where, what practices are you doing? Are you, you know, are you really practicing? And things like that. So that, that could be a way. And in, in addition, I want to add that the monogamy <coughs> construct, there's also other constructs. So, for example, polyamory. Is, is another construct, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's other s polygamy. Polygamy. I'm thinking about it, but I mean, even even things like non-monogamy is putting yeah, the orientation and reacting to monogamy instead of presence or other things. And the idea is to the, the possibility is to possibly exit the construct and not enter another construct. And so your relating comes from you and your culture instead of because polyamory and polygamy have books written about it about this is the method like this is the way it goes. Like this is how you can make it work. And and so, yeah. Arc and Relating doesn't have a rule book. Arc and Relating comes from you and it has the purpose of <coughs> more love happening. And more and therefore more ev evolution and more transformation and more healing. And also to from the question, what do you do if someone falls in love with someone else's partner? It's this it's actually the same as what happens if the, the, the what people want changes in the context or mm -hmm. something happened and the context shifts or the purpose of the space shifts or there's an additional research in the space and does it match with the current purpose or does it need to form another bridge house? And what, what I heard also from Clinton is that it was not, it was not in the culture but it was, it was Blocked by the the rules of the of the bridge house there, that was impossible to evolve the context to another purpose or to add another dimension of research, and so yeah, bring it out. But 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 it can evolve just the same way as the bridge house training center evolved to now okay radical freedom and without any kind of um, it's a rule. There was no rules. I mean, there was just negotiation and being on each other's team for mm -hmm. creating whatever we want to create. I have another question on a different topic. Um, do you have any hints on how to avoid that bridge house becomes a thing, something like a, like a sect? So do you have any Experience, like, mm -hmm. any pitfalls, like, how to avoid that, to not get lost in this, blaming PM, like, to use the PM as a, yeah, bridge. Yeah. So one of the things would be radical freedom. 
because if you don't have this radical freedom, then you're going to be adaptive to expectations that you think other people have or that you have on yourself, and then you are, you are in a sect. You are in the sect of your own expectations or your perception of expectations of others. And, and so there's come get out of all of these things first. <coughs> so it's an inward process first. To take us to, to, to reclaim uh, your yeah, to reclaim your authority to yeah. do what you want. And it might not be that bridge house. I'll be creating your bridge house. The outward process is how can you provide value to your environment? And the value that they want, not the value, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you healing. Mm -hmm. no, I'm gonna give you transformation. So that's the sect part. Yeah. Which is very well described in a TV show called Wild Wild Country about Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh Osho. If you can if you can watch it, it's very it's a very interesting about a transformational context that becomes a sect and that invades uh, the local people and takes over their town mm -hmm. because of their righteousness. And instead is, hmm, you know, people, the local people, what they care about is their, is their land and their culture. And, uh, you know, here, there's just so much value to provide in terms of what are you doing with your land? And, and that conversation is difficult because, for example, that was a conversation Clinton and I and the people in the ecosystem restoration camp were trying to have in Murcia, where they've planted olive trees and almond trees and sucked the, the land dry of water because that is so demanding in water and there's no water there. And, and, and what you'll face is, is the usual, you know, it's the box, it's the, we've always done it like that considering anything else would mean that I would actually have to change who I am. Mm, but it's possible. It's possible to say we, we build swells to catch the water so that we did that. Or we plant trees, you know, to... So and that's a way to be, really be in contact with the local people. Mm -hmm. And keep having culture-to-culture -culture conversations also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the true interest of, you know, what, what fruit are you growing? You know, especially in, in Central and South America, go to the market, go to the same market, you know, and you, you'll, be, you'll stand out because you're a white person, so they'll know. But you make contact immediately with the local people, buy, you know, buy their food, which you know, gives them money, you're providing financial resources also. I think you're asking a slightly different question. That's helping me. Can yeah. you can you just say your question again? Yes, well, it was like two questions. Like one question was, how 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 can I avoid, or how is it is it avoidable to land up in a sect, like to create something like that? That you what you create your bridge house becomes a sect. Yeah, or the bridge house that I'm taking part of. And the other one was. Like what are the pitfalls? Like your own experiences? Like have you ever, have you ever stumbled over something like that? Where you, you found okay, this still works, so we don't go there. Does that make sense? My question to understand. Yes. Okay. And Anna, I also, I also think this could be an emotional healing process for you as well. There's something yeah. around. So this thing about 
people thinking that possibility management is a sect. There's a great article about it written by Michael Kahn, which is on Medium, in my account, actually, because he didn't publish it anyway. He published it and took it down, or his website went down. Yeah, but it, it's a marvelous article. And the, the point of it is, where does somebody have their authority? Where is somebody's authority? And when people first come into possibility management, they do not have their own authority. They do not have their own voice. They do not have their own center. They do not have their own space. They do not have their own attention, they do, et cetera. They don't have any of that. And so, and then they encounter clarity and possibility in, in like gargantuan amounts that they never found in school, in, in church, like anywhere. And so it's like, I'm, I'm going to believe in this. But if you start believing in anything of possibility management, you're not doing possibility management because there are no beliefs. It is not about belief. People, people falsely use the word belief instead of the word think. Even in the movie Matrix, they use the word believe instead of the word think. And so clear thinking is part of possibility management, and it's about having your own authority. And so there's this phase that we found in possibility management where people are in this awe, being awed or something like that, being amazed, being overwhelmed, being like submerging themselves in, in distinctions and practices and all that stuff. And it seems like they get fanatical about it, especially around their friends. Like, you've got to try this. This is amazing, whatever. Okay, that is interpreted as fanaticism or some kind of... But then it takes about a year. And then after about a year, people come out the other side and they have to go through this usually a three or six month phase of fuck you. You know, <laughs> like it's like, fuck you all. You know, and then, and then after that, people start coming around again and going, I'm, I'm going to be a Ray Club space holder. I'm going to create some non-material value. I'm going to disconnect from, you know, I'm going to step and cavitate a space that's something different from modern culture and inhabit it. And I'm going to, I'm going to go, you know, and, and so there's these phases that people go through. And we haven't found a way around it. And it's almost like if you're learning to play a musical instrument, like a violin, you've got to do exactly what the instructor says over and over and over again, exactly with, you know, they beat the shit out of you until you go making, you know, a note. And then, and then you have to play the fucking Bach and Brahms and Mozart, you know, do all those before you can improvise. To get the inner structure. Yeah, to, to build the inner structure. And that's, these phases are, there's this great series of seven books written by Orson Scott Card called the Alvin, Alvin Maker series. And it's about him going through these phases of being first an apprentice, and then, then a journeyman, and then finally a maker. And it's like, we're training makers. Possibility management is about agency. There's this fabulous website called Person of Agency. Say and it again, being first an apprentice? Apprentice, and then, and then a, uh, and then a journeyman, they call journeyman. it. Journeyman. Yeah, you travel around. You see them in, in Germany. Germany. They have these black hats and these yeah, sticks, cool. and they're these great guys, you know, going around building stuff. And, but they don't have, they're not upgrading their thought work, thought work very much, but still they have cool clothes. And, yeah. and they right? have their own weird initiations also. Okay. 
Right. And then you become a maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the third one is maker. And this is, you can call it, they usually call it master, but the term master doesn't apply in possibility management because just that would mean that the path has an end and it does not. Nurture doesn't apply in our hierarchy. Mm-hmm. What we're really talking is about, it's not about doing possibility management, it's about creating our hierarchy. That <coughs> is really your own culture. And possibility management is just these instruction, it's like these distinction. It's like the violin, put your hands like this, speak like this, otherwise you will not have the person liquid. If you don't, if you speak with a nice voice, forget about having, taking somebody through an emotional healing process. So it's the same thing, but those are just the tools. They're just the distinction and the inner structure. And the expression of it is archiarchy, and that's the expression of your being. Expression of your culture. It's hard to explain that to somebody who thinks you're in a cult or a sect, or they're afraid of being in a cult or a sect. Mm-hmm. You know, long ago, all they had to do was call somebody a witch, and that person was doomed. You know, they would kill them. You don't like somebody? Call them a witch. It still happens in Africa. Into witches' camps. And someone just gets called a witch, and like they're either killed or they're sent to a witch camp or expelled from their, their village forever. So in Western world, especially America, Walt Disney healed that by making a witch into a Halloween costume that you can buy at your buy and dine store and wear, and everybody laughs and gives you candy. So you can have a long nose and a purple face and whatever, and a broomstick, and you're a witch, and ha ha. So modern culture needed a new word. It is cult or sect. Mm-hmm. So that's replaced the word witch for the same purposes. Except that there are cults. Yeah, right, really, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you do have to watch out, especially in the edges of evolution where we are. You know, archaearchy starts at the edge of monoculture, it's beyond the edge of monoculture, and beyond repair. and didn't really work. The cycle didn't work, but I thought I'd throw it in anyway. But uh, and so you're in new territory, and you you are under your own recognizance. You're under your own radical responsibility for arranging the authentic adulthood initiatory processes and the emotional healing processes that actually work, have legitimacy, that have integrity, that have and that actually produce results. You've got to find them because there's no agency in the American government that certifies initiators or EHP deliver people. You've got to find those people yourself. And this is great, because then you have your own authority. If you make a mistake, you get some asshole, you say you're fired. I mean, I went into a barber shop one time, and I sit down in the chair, and this guy comes up with a comb, and he starts jerking on my hair. I go, ow, that hurts, stop it. And he did not stop. And I stood up, I grabbed his hand, I stood up, I looked at him and said, fuck you, asshole, and I walked out instead of sitting there and letting this guy torture me. So that's what it's about, having your own cognizance, having your own authority. So it's true with initiatory processes and emotional healing processes and all that. Welcome to our care. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I have a question about clarity, <coughs> which is in, in a rich house, in, in that space, in that context, how do I find the line 
for the amount of clarity that I'm bringing into the space. There's not a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're going to withhold clarity from a space? No, what I've noticed, for example, with the women's lab is that the more I was speaking, the more I was seeing things. Mm. And it was sharp, clear, sharp. It was very sharp and, and clear. And if I just keep on opening my mouth, I won't shut up. Yeah. And then what happens is that you kind of stop going to other people's training so much and you start delivering your own. And you won't know who you are until you get used to it. It just takes a few months, six months or something. You'll get used to it. The old Sonia going bye-bye. That's a movie quote, by the way. Kansas is going bye-bye. Is that okay? Is it helpful? Yes, it is. What did you get from it? I'm gonna die. I'm dying. And that's it. You can say the old Sonia is dying. The old Sonia. And then I'm coming to life, actually. Yes. The old Sonia is dying and I'm coming to life. And then you have this question from the Wonder Woman, what is it? What is worth living for? Capital L. Instead of what is worth dying for? I'm noticing it's about 12 o'clock. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the time and space. I really enjoyed the questions, and thank you very much for being here. Thank you. See you in the next space.